Hello and welcome to Plot Tris. This is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're going to talk about A Night to Surrender by Tessa Dare. So this is the first book in the Spindle Cove series and it was published in 2011. Yeah. So this, Tessa Dare is a new reader, a new author for me. I have just started reading her actually for this podcast. Um, Lane recommended um, uh, The Duchess Dare and i really liked it and then so now we're going like further back in her writing history yes and i don't know where this falls in terms of her whole body of work but you can very much tell this is the first book in a series yeah yeah they're setting up setting up quite a few relationships here besides the the main relationship so the the man the hero in this tale is an injured military officer and he's traveling with a good-for-nothing cousin mm -hmm. and an old haggard soldier who he trusts with his life. Mm -hmm. A man of very few words. Very few words. And she is like the head of this group of spinsters living in this resort town. And so it's very clear that some of their coteries are going to be the stars yeah. of subsequent novels. Oh, I mean, I could already tell. I could already tell I even think the couples that were going to be formed, so. Correct. But, I mean, that which does not, I'm not offended in any way, shape, or form. Very enjoyable. I kind of love that stuff. But it's just, I, I've noticed some authors are more obvious than mm -hmm. others about setting up the characters for the next books. Yeah. And she doesn't do it in the way Eloisa James does, that we both talk about, talked about it as not so great, where you're put into other characters' perspectives yeah. that have nothing to do with this book. That never happens here. No. It's just that it's very clear who the important side characters yeah. are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so as usual, we'll start with the book jacket. Okay. Spindle Cove is the destination of choice for certain types of well-bred young ladies. The bookish, the shy, the heartbroken or misunderstood. It's a haven for young women who don't quite fit in. Victor Bramwell, the new Earl of Rycliffe, knows he doesn't belong here. So far as he can tell, there's nothing in this village but spinsters and sheep. But he has orders to gather a militia. It's a simple mission made complicated by the spirited, exquisite Susanna Finch, a woman who is determined to save her lady's refuge from the invasion of Bram's makeshift army. The last thing either of them expects is a powerful attraction, much, much less explosive passion. The village of Spindle Cove is set for an epic battle of the sexes, but will love conquer all. It's not really not bad. Also, I want to laugh at the explosive passion. So hard. I loved it. It's that so was good. great. That was really good, guys. It's also the sheep. Like, there's a lot of passing references to major parts of the book that are actually really funny. I would say well done, very well done jacket. So okay. I don't know who wrote it, but it was a good one. Props to that person. Gives you a good idea of what you're going to get. And then rereading it now after having read the book, I, I'm like, oh, wow, actually, that was really good. So I feel like, you know, in a couple of years when you kind of forget which book this is and you read the jacket, you'd be like, oh, yeah, it was that one. That was fun. I you will know? say the one criticism I have of the book jacket is actually the title. Mm -hmm. She does not surrender one night. Yeah, a night. So not. So not that. This is not the jacket. This is the title. The title of. The but book. I mean, the title is on the jacket. So true. True. Um, but yeah, a night to surrender. I mean, I get it. I guess it's supposed to be like what a night to remember. There are several nights is on some days <laughs> is all I'm I'll, saying. I'll, there's like quite a few things to remember, but well, and I guess for I guess who surrenders? I guess that's the. You could, you could ask that question. You could. Mm -hmm. But 
<laughs> so <laughs> moving on. As usual, we wrote our own summary, and this week's randomly generated number is 27. Yeah. Okay, so I will start with mine. Susanna is queen of the spinsters. Bram is the most masculine lieutenant colonel in Britain. Sparks fly when her father's conspiracy makes Bram Earl of Susanna's castle. <laughs> Sparks fly. I'm really proud of myself. I, was, I worked. You, this, <laughs> yours killed it this week. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I used my summary to call out some of the usual things mm -hmm. I observe in these romance novels. So a markswoman slash apothecary slash spinster leader makes it her mission to protect women from well-meaning families and doctors. Hot and wounded soldier makes her question everything. Doctor trauma. <laughs> yep. Yeah, doctor trauma. Yeah, both for them. both of them. Yeah. So one of the tropes that we see, we've got some tragic backstories and, and what part of the conflict, of course, there has to be some kind of conflict, right, for them not to be able to be together. And part of that conflict is that they both have issues with doctors. Yes. So, so I, I don't think it's that spoilers really to say he was wounded. No, I mean, that's in battle. First sentence, I think. And so he... <clears throat> Like many soldiers of the era, the first treatment that people suggest was amputation. Right. And he was able to save his leg. Right. But it is now severely injured. And because of that, he distrusts surgeons in general yeah. because he feels like amputation is all too often gone to when it's not necessary in the name of expediency. Exactly. And she had an illness as a girl. Right. <clears throat> she, had, she had a very traumatic experience with doctors in the past. So this mm -hmm. is, I think, a little more spoilery, so I don't want to get into okay. exactly what happened. But she was so affected that she is now a healer, an apothecary herself, um, and she's made her life's mission to take care of other women who who might be have to undergo treatment. So she and her father came to this like seaside beach spa mm -hmm. town when she, she had um, the illness as a child. Right. And they've been there ever since, and they've turned it into sort of a wellness retreat for women where she imposes things like exercise mm -hmm. and tinctures rather than leeching right. and, you know, other medieval type. Right. <laughs> And when treatments. we say they, I mean, really, she's the one who's been doing it. Her father has just sort of let her do it, sort of like a benign neglect, you know? And even though her father is not himself titled, mm -hmm. he's the man of rank in the town. Right. And there are also very few men in this town in general. So even the people who live there year-round are typically women. Yeah, and I'm wondering, I mean, I'm wondering why. I mean, I guess it's during the war, so I guess in general men are just off fighting. But also... I think it's equal parts men are off fighting and the town gained a reputation as right. a safe haven for women, so yeah. women without men gravitated to it. Right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, so in this case, I, I did want to include a Gentleman Jackson feature. So this is Gentleman Jackson's get pumped workout for the infantry officer come Earl, <laughs> who was injured in battle. Yes. So uh, what, is, what is the prescription? Ye old ball and chain. And I'm being literal here. like. He actually gets hooked up to a ball and chain as part of his physical therapy. But if you're wondering if this physical therapy is sexy. It is extremely sexy, even though he is hooked up to a literal torture device. Yep. Um, but they do manage to unhook it at <laughs> the necessary moment. <laughs> when you need it. But keep in mind also he's pretty much already pumped just because he's like humongous and muscular. It's a combination of 
genetics and being an infantryman. Well, and he's not a dandy. He wasn't right. raised to be. He's actually only an earl because he was recently created one for reasons of valor. So yeah, and when I say recently, I mean like in the first two chapters of the book recently. He doesn't know about it when the book starts. Right. And so he's not living the lifestyle of a duke or an aristocrat or an earl or whatever mm -hmm. when the book starts. He's been... Mm-hmm. Actively engaged in his career path. So it's a little less unbelievable that he'd be real jacked. Yeah. I mean, I had no problem at all with him being... I mean, not, and I mean, not only is he... So he's, like, super tall and he's super built. Yeah. Like, he's, he's big, muscular. But unlike dude. the trope where it's the huge dude, the little girl, she's really tall, too. She's really tall, too, yeah. It's either huge dude, little, small, like tiny, small woman, or huge lady who's like, oh, how interesting! I can look him in the eyes. You're saying looking down on their heads. So yes, we've got the we've, we've got, got the latter. Yeah. I shouldn't say little girl. I meant petite. <laughs> no one. I would not be interested if these were children. No. And um, they're not. She's like in her late twenties. Well, because of course she's a spinster. Of course. But I will say, um, I think the creative sex that they managed to have should count as part of his workout. I. You know what scheme. Good point. He Good summons point. her to a castle wall at one point. Castle wall. Makes use of it. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about this later, but just let's consider it part of his physical therapy at this point. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. So, uh, just in general, how was the book? Did you like it? I did. Um, I think we have a lot to talk about in the offensiveness feature. Okay. Sounds good. And shockingly, once again, props, very limited rape. Very limited rape. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, clearly with the town being a safe haven for spinsters, it's sort of alluded to yeah. that some of the women who are there might be there because they don't trust men. Right. But that's, it's literally that passing. That's it. It that's is not. It. So I'm not going to say no sexual assault because it's sort of implied somebody probably was. But, but it's, it's not. In a very general, you don't know who. It, so there's really no, it's not on the page at all. No. Um, very you can infer that perhaps somebody was um right but that's it so the offensiveness is actually over this sort of he-man mentality yeah other than that i really liked it yeah so and i think it's an interesting thing to talk about so uh, okay i also really enjoyed the book i really enjoyed it i'll say this book is not one where you're gonna spend a long time the characters do not spend a long time getting to know each other but they you don't know? really need to <laughs> I mean, they meet because, so this is how they meet. Again, first or second chapter, so this is not a spoiler. He dives on her to protect her from an explosion that he set because he's, you know, lieutenant colonel of this infantry company. And so he, you know, bears her to the ground to protect her from the explosion. And dear listener, do they kiss in this very first moment of meeting each other? They do. Because she is that overwhelming to him. Mm -hmm. He's on top of her. He's just like, what is happening? Make out. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I liked it. I, you know what? I didn't hate it. Did not hate it. I, I did actually like that. And they are so hot for each other from that moment onward. Completely, yeah. And clearly, as a celibate spinster, she's sort of not sure what's going on. So when they're not making out, it's because he's taking the time to explain to her why they shouldn't be alone because he would like to be making out with her. Yeah. It is crackling. It like, is extremely sexy. Sizzling. But again, we're, we're not even in sexiness part yet. Okay, so... Um, that might be the strength of this book, which is why we're talking about it so often <laughs> and so early. 
So, so yeah, I, I, I talked about this earlier, but she's a self-taught healer. She focuses on both emotional and physical needs of her patients. So I would say she's, I, I don't want to call her a life coach, but that's kind of what she is with some more medical stuff thrown in. Do you, does this make sense? Yeah, she's not, because of her own past, she wants to make sure everybody else is now very well taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I think she is holistic. A holistic there we go. A holistic practitioner. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she and she's also like very uh, intuitive. Like she can she knows right when she meets him that he needs like tenderness. Do, yes. You know what I mean? And I'm not like this doesn't. I'm not saying she knows he needs sex. Like that's not what I'm saying. Right. He needs to like be with someone who's allowed to just hug for a second. Yeah. Like com- com- comfort. Right. Comfort. Uh, so where does the conflict come from? Because she, ob- like they meet each other, they are immediately attracted to each other. They don't really try that much to resist this attraction to each other. So why can't they be together? So he, in spite of the fact that he is severely injured, desperately wants to go back into the field. Yeah. So he's using this opportunity to form a militia and be the Earl of this town as a proving ground to get his company back right and so he has no intention of staying it, right his whole intention is to get here do them the militia parade um and get back to the front and she has built this community of women largely to protect them from the wider world and specifically in some cases men and so she views him coming in to build the militia as a direct threat to her way of life and the town that she loves so much yeah uh and added to that she she doesn't want to, so she doesn't want to leave the town, but she also doesn't want to be married to someone who will leave her. Right. You know, which makes total sense to me. I don't want to be married to someone who leaves me. Even that, if he still loves me. He does have one appealing attribute, mm-hmm. which is that the castle he now inhabits as the Earl is the castle she always believed was going to be hers growing up. Right. Although, I mean, I'm not sure why she thought it would be hers. Unclear. But she's always viewed it as hers. And it's the hopeless, this is a trope I've seen a couple of times, the like sort of questionable ownership of mm-hmm, a property, mm-hmm. where I think she loves that house a lot, and yeah. now he owns that house. Well, and it made me think of her other series, The Castles, castles Ever, Ever After, After, which all had a castle that played some kind of role. Um, so I think this every is. time I've read this trope, it's been her. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's... Well, it's a little bit... Look, it's a little bit Elizabeth and Darcy, where she jokes that she fell in love with him because she finally saw his estate. And she's like, oh, I could be mistress of all this. So, a little bit... A little bit of that, you know? Just a touch. Just a touch. Not... I mean, really not a a lot. No, 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 no. But they do make use of the space. (laughs) We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um... Can I tell you that I just loved that they actually talked about their conflict? Yeah. Like, loved it so much. So even, okay, we all know that in these books there can be these big misunderstandings where they either overhear someone or someone says something or whatever. There is such a big misunderstanding. She runs away. Instead of him going, oh gosh, I guess she doesn't love me anymore and like going off to war, he's like, hmm, I guess I should go talk to Susanna about this and make sure that she's okay. And then they They talk talk about about it. it. It's um, so good. Well, and even the conflict that kind of exists before that moment of the, he wants to be with her, but he has every intention of Mm re-enlisting, 
they're regularly in discussion about it. He's not hiding his intention and she's not hiding her concerns. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, there's like another conflict after this one mm-hmm. where he's completely in the wrong and she has, she has to make a medical decision mm-hmm. and he doesn't want her to make that decision. She does because she knows, she knows she's right and he recognizes that she was right to do that and like immediately forgives her. So like this could have turned into a humongous conflict, like humongous misunderstanding, whatever. And it's basically a footnote. So great. God, I loved it. I just loved it. Yep. It was the dynamic between the two of them worked really mm-hmm. well for me. I agree. I, I just, I really, it didn't fall into any of the traps that, that romance novels often can. Agreed. Okay, there's one other conflict here that leads into the offensiveness factor, mm-hmm. and this is that his whole his whole thing and the whole reason he wants to go back to war is because he equates masculinity with being useful. Yeah, and so they try to wrap it up in a lot. They Tessa tries to wrap it up in a lot of different things. The you know his dad was a soldier, and it's the only thing he's ever conceived of himself being. It's a lot of his identity. But it does sort of come down to an uncomfortable amount of he-man-ness. Yeah. And it's less from him, actually, and more from his company. Although he, I mean, he does the, he does it too. So the, one of the things they've got to do is they've got to recruit for the militia. And the way he recruits is like, you, don't you want to be a man? True. Join the militia. Like, be a, like, literally be a man. And... Yeah. You know? And there's a scene later on where while he's otherwise engaged, his soldiers decide to sort of take over some of the more feminine institutions in the town. Right. By force. Yeah. And it just came off as very reductive. Yeah. And it, it was... And he... So Susanna goes in to, like, save them, save the women. And he's like, well, he's like, come on, men need a place to drink. Be men. You know? And it's like, and and in the end, so the denouement, they do address this and sort of wrap it up, and they're like, you know what, actually, maybe men and women can live together in peace and harmony, and there doesn't have to be a battle of the sexes, but I was like, why did there have to be a compromise? And I also, that I agree with. The other issue I had is they say like the blacksmith's been reduced to making lockets, and the pub owner's been reduced to like making petit fours. Mm-hmm. But they never actually get the perspective of those male characters. Right. Like they treat it like it's an indignity for these men to be in these positions of service to women in female pursuits. Mm-hmm. But they never ask the blacksmith, do you prefer working with filigree than with anvils? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't what could have been, hey, this is a chef who prefers baking to pub food instead just became a punchline. Yeah. Well, and you know, for example, when they're tr- when they're trying to create make men out of them at, as part of the militia, um, they're like, "You need to be men and do this." Like one of the characters says, "Well, we are men." Like, right. well, like, what do you mean? And like that, uh, it could have been stronger. You know what I mean? Yes. And I, got, I get the impression it didn't go so far as to be offensive. I get the impression Tessa Dare did this whole thing very tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. But I just wish there'd been a little bit more explicit undermining of the stereotypes being portrayed. Exactly. Exactly. Because I was, I was like, I was not offended. Like I wasn't offen- offended enough to be like, I don't want to read this. But I definitely was uncomfortable enough when I was reading it to be like, where is she going? She this? does a much better job with the women than with the men. Yeah. Because some of the women 
like surprise the men by being excellent shots, surprise the men by being able to stomach really intense medical procedures mm -hmm. are sort of equal parts feminine and dainty and down in the muck. Mm -hmm. But the men sort of never quite subvert the norms. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. All right, sexiness. We have already talked about this. This book is real sexy. There's so much. They're never together and not desperate for each other. Yeah. I mean, like, never. No, no. From the first chapter onward. From the first moment they set eyes on each other. Like, they, they're like, whoa, this guy is, like, hot. And they use every opportunity uh -huh. to work their feelings out through intense passion. Yes. Qu there are a lot of opportunities, too, in a lot of different places. I will say mm -hmm. they even make it to a, uh, into a punchline towards the end. He's like, oh, the, you know, they're... Spoiler alert, they get married. Talking about the honeymoon, she's like, wait, we're going to be able to have sex in a bed? You know? Because they never have. <laughs> no, they haven't. There's a really, I, I have to laugh. The first time they hook up, the timing is so inappropriate. So inappropriate. Like, and you, sometimes this can bother me in movies especially, but uh -huh. here, I just thought it was so much fun. It but was like, really They're fun. literally rushing to help solve an emergency and get sidetracked and just have sex under a tree. Under a tree, guys. Under a tree in the village common. <laughs> like, it was so inappropriate for the moment, and they later recognize it, but they are, like, that hot for each other. It, I mean, it was, like, and I, the thing is, like, I believed it. Me too. Because there are times where I'll be like, what, like, what are they doing? Like, like what, like, they're, what are you doing? But I was like, I'm well, you know, I, I, I guess I can understand. <laughs> you know? Rhyme, reason, gun out the window. It, it this was, tree seems nice. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it was very, it was very hot. Yes. Very, very hot. And so there's then subsequently several opportunities. Mm -hmm. There's during all of his physical therapy in mm -hmm. the water. Because because it takes place in the water, guys. There's also a scene in the water before his physical therapy. Yeah. <laughs> they are so going to get caught. Like, the fact that they never get caught in this book I is... I mean, they do get caught. Sort of. But... By, like, one person who misinterprets the situation. Well, and also like, the fact that they just don't stop, even after they get caught, like, 20 million <laughs> times. Is it, you just really believe they are really hot for each other. And every opportunity is used. Yeah. And I, so I, I wrote on here, <laughs> from the beginning, they just jump each other's bones. Emotional development comes later. Yeah. They do a lot of talking about what they want to do to each other's bodies. <laughs> it takes more than halfway through the book before they start talking about like feelings feelings or future plans yeah which you know what you know what they're young and very attracted to each other and hot and why not you know and this is also the trope of like when he's got her in his arms he forgets how bad his knee hurts mm -hmm. and there's so much hurt comfort too yeah but, but on her side for both for both and at one point, um, <laughs> she went after her injury, she is like counting the seconds till she can jump him again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's so good, you guys. It's yeah. so good. It's it's really. I you will know this is Elaine and Meg favorite when we say it was so fun. Oh, I laughed out loud in the first chapter. Yeah, it was really really fun. Um, loved the way they met each other. Loved the way they ended up with each other. I loved the way they resolved their conflict. Just great. Yeah. So overall, highly recommended. Highly recommended. Keep in mind, there's a lot of sex in this book, but um, it's not a downside for me. <laughs> nope. 
Thanks so much for listening. As always, we would greatly appreciate it if you could rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time.